0: The Hit The Light podcast featuring Big Frog and Michael Castleberry is on the air. Covering classic metal and comedy from San Diego, California. So now sit tight and hit the light. The Hit The Light podcast is recorded live and uncensored. Big Frog in particular is not politically correct, so please don't be offended. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hit The Light podcast. This is me, Big Frog. And today, I'm flying solo. The reason for that is because Castleberry pulled an Axl Rose. He didn't make it to the gig. He refused to go on. His yoga mat wasn't long enough. All this shit, bottom line. He pulled an Axl Rose. He flaked out. And uh, he won't be on the podcast today. Actually, that's bullshit. The fact of the matter is, is that my fucking water pump on my 96 Buick Century went out and I couldn't make it to our usual studio, which is the beautiful downtown San Diego library. Uh, So I couldn't make it and uh, we wanted to put something out this week. So I decided that I'm going to go ahead and do that. And it's perfect timing because I have some actual announcements to make which is mainly that we're going to start each new episode with a new segment which I will be calling This Week in Metal and um, on it I'll give you know any new news that I hear that's come out about um, any of our favorite bands or comedians for that matter and um new albums that come out concerts that i've gone to or that came through and just in general current events that way you know even if you don't like the topic that we're having that week you can just peep in for the first few minutes and find out what's going on see if there's any new news that you haven't heard of or any uh new, uh, concerts that are coming around that you didn't, uh, know about, and, um, I'll be breaking you in on all that shit, and basically, I'm gonna start that this week, because I actually got to go see two concerts this week, which is a fat week, even for me, even though I see a lot of shows, this week was, like, more, more than usual, so I saw two shows this week, I saw, um, journey and Def leopard at petco park which is full-on stadium style and then last night we saw um judas priest and deep purple and they played at the coors then cricket then sleep train now mattress firm amphitheater which is in chula vista and is a really cool venue because um first of all if you They have um, the grass in the back, the lawn seating. So if you kind of want to see a show, but you don't really want to pay too much, you can usually get seats on the lawn for like 20 bucks, And, you know, watch the show. If you only want to see one of the bands or something like that, it's pretty cool. It's kind of hard for a fat ass like me to sit in that grass and and be comfortable, but, you know, fuck it. I'm going to do it for Ozzy next month, so I do do it. And um, another cool thing about that venue is that um, parking is free. If, if you park far, you can get like VIP parking and and a pay or whatever. But if you want to walk a little bit further, you can park for free, which is nice. Um, all the tickets that are uh, for events that play there are available at that box office. So you can also save Ticketmaster fees. And a third thing that is great for some not so great for others is that this venue really doesn't give a fuck about smoking or anything like that in there so basically there's a lot of clouds going on in there maybe if you take little kids or an older person they might not be too comfortable with that but for the rest of us it's pretty okay I would say at least so, bottom line, I'm gonna start with the with the first concert, and before I even start with the first concert, I'm just gonna call this segment "I was wrong" because everything that I thought about these concerts going into them were pretty much not correct. You know, um, first of all, I you know I thought that uh, that in the first show, Def Leppard was closing the show um Journey was going to play second. It was going to be Cheap Trick and then Journey and then Def Leppard. And I thought that was good because you know Def Leppard is definitely the harder rocking band and so you know maybe they should close the show and um and you know and and leave with a bang, right? And I also thought that on the next show the the Judas Priest Deep Purple show I found out that Deep Purple was closing the show, which I really thought was a bad idea because I thought, man, Judas Priest is just going to rock the shit out of that place. They're going to burn out the crowd, you know, Deep Purple is going to be more mellow and older and all that, and they're probably going to walk half the fucking crowd. On both counts, I was not completely right and mostly wrong in in a lot of ways but um i won't get into that right this second i'll go ahead and just give you my first review of the first concert and um it was cool man i went with uh with my girl and uh, my brother-in-law roy and my sister yesenia and they had separate seats from us but um so So we just went to the concert together and then we separated. Um, And we had dinner downtown early. So we were at the concert early, which is really rare for me. I hardly ever, you know, in the old days, it was because I was pre-gaming and drinking. Now, a lot of the time, it's because I got to wait for my girl to get ready or whatever the case it is. I usually don't make it for the opener, opener. But this time we did. And I'm glad that we did. Because it was Cheap Trick, and you know, um, Cheap Trick is one of those bands that I don't think anybody really loves Cheap Trick that much. I don't think anybody hates Cheap Trick. I think that everybody kind of just thinks Cheap Trick is okay, and that's pretty much what I think. What what I've always thought is, yeah, man, Cheap Trick's cool, whatever, you know, I want you to want me and all that, you know, cool. A couple other tunes. Well... They came on the stage, man, and the and the funny thing is, after all these years and after all this time, they still came out with the announcement of, get ready for the greatest rock band that you will ever fucking see, Cheap Trick, and I was like, oh shit, that's fucking, that's a pretty bold pronouncement for, you know, a band that a lot of people think is, you know, there has-beens or whatever, whatever the case might be, but they were huge in their time, and they had number one hits and all that kind of shit, so right on, man, I was, you know, ready to watch some Cheap Trick, and fuck, I was fucking pretty pleasantly surprised, man, because they played really young, they didn't seem like an old band, they, uh, they brought energy, you know, they were playing some songs that I didn't know that sounded really modern. Come to find out later that they've been steadily releasing albums all these years. They came out with an album last year. And they came out with an album before that. And I guess that's what these songs were from. And they were pretty good, man. And, and of course, you know, then they they played their hits and shit. And people like that shit. Um, the band, you know, Rick Nielsen, he's, you know good solid old school rock guitar player man he brings out all these cool guitars the five neck guitar and the guitar that looks like him and you know like fucking 59 gold top les paul crazy shit you know that he's got a grip of guitars badass guitars robin zander the singer he fucking he was all over the stage man he looks fucking in in good shape he doesn't look old he's got his outfit game tight you know and and he put on a great show man like i said they did not seem old at all and funny thing is uh i went back to look at at some things because i wasn't really uh aware of who was on the stage it was uh rick nielsen original guitar player robin zander original singer um the 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 bass player uh, Tom Peterson he's also original, and then they had uh, a guitar another guitar player on stage who I come to find out later is Robin Zander's son, and he plays the rhythm guitar. His name is also Robin Zander, and then on the drums they had Dax Nielsen, who's Rick Nielsen's son, and he took over for that old that Bunny Carlos dude. Who I guess left the band some years ago But is still tight with them And, and he's still associated with the band He just like he doesn't tour anymore Or whatever the case might be Anyway so I guess maybe these youngsters Infused some Energy into them or Whatever it is because they were Fucking good man I mean no other way to put it They were good um, And then came Journey And the thing about Journey man I had never seen Journey live before of course, I've seen a lot of video of them live and and this and that, but I don't think that the, that the video that I saw really ever captured what they're all about because, man, I mean, that is a strong fucking band with hits upon hits upon hits upon hits. Upon hits. And there was never a fucking dull moment, man. That crowd was into it the entire time. And one thing is, you know they have that new singer, Arnel Pineda, he's a Filipino. They found him on YouTube. He, you know, they say he sounds just like Steve Perry. I don't think he sounds just like Steve Perry. He, he, you know, he has some differences in his voice, but he sounds quite a bit enough like Steve Perry to where... Those songs sound like the songs, you know? And, um, he's also younger and, you know, more energetic than Steve Perry. I mean, I haven't really heard Steve Perry sing lately, but from what I hear through the grapevine, he doesn't sound like he used to sound. And, um, this dude probably sounds more like Steve Perry now than Steve Perry does. I know that's a fucked up thing to say, but keeping it real, that's probably what it is. Um, and also... Man, did he bring out the Filipinos? Woo! It was Pinoy power at Petco Park that night, man. Um, you know, there's a lot of Filipinos in San Diego, and I think like all of them were there. You know, and they were into it, man. It, it, you know, the girls were into it. Everyone was into it, man. It was it was a it was a great thing. But to me the the ringmaster of the whole thing was fucking neil shone neil shone you know he talked between songs a few times and you know uh gave his sentiments about you know what was going on he dedicated a song to steve perry you know um told the story of journey to a to a certain extent it was pretty cool but the bottom line with fucking Neil Schoen was his sound live was amazing. And when I say amazing, I mean amazing. It was up front and center, just loud enough, not too loud. You know, it didn't push it into like a like a hard rock uh, genre or anything with, with the volume. It was just perfect, man. It cut through everything, and you could hear his his guitar had its own lane, and it was, like, front and center. And for me, you know, as a guitar player, of course I loved it. His sound was great. Um, I've seen his rig, and I have gone on record before on other things as saying that I thought that his rig was kind of ridiculous, kind of over the top, kind of too much. But now that I've heard him live, I understand why he's invested all that time and all that money and all that experimentation into that rig because the sound is worth it. You know, it's worth it. And so, um, and on top of that, man, Neil Stone is a very underrated guitar player. He's strong, you know, in his own style. He's not a shredder. You know, he doesn't do anything that's just like mind blowing. But he's super solid. He incorporates a lot of blues. He's got a lot of technique. He's got a lot of soul. He's got a lot of melody. You got to remember, man, this is a dude that joined Santana when he was 15. You know, he's a talented dude. And he learned at the feet of a master. And it's obvious. And um, so, man, it was great. It was great by all those things that I just said now another thing that i didn't know going into the show was who was actually in the band um how many original dudes i i didn't know you know i knew about arnell i knew about neil Schoen, but i wasn't really sure who else was in the band i actually knew jonathan kane was in the band because i saw the documentary where they hired um arnell and jonathan kane was like teaching arnell like voice techniques and how to rest his voice and you know um, all that kind of stuff up that you know that singers do, you know that singers know, and so I knew Jonathan Kane was in the band and you know he's one of the main songwriters. He wrote a lot of those hits, and so it was cool that he was there. I didn't know who was playing bass. I didn't know who was playing drums. I thought I had heard that like Dean tester Novo was in Journey or Kenny Aronson was in Journey. I wasn't sure. But come to find out that the original, not the original, but one of the early bass, you know, uh, the the golden era bass player, Ross Valerie, is in the band. And the biggest surprise of all was that um, Steve Smith is in the band. Now, Steve Smith is a funny case because, like, I remember um, in the 80s or whatever, those videos, you know, I mean those Journey videos were corny as shit, as it was for the time, you know, and they were kind of goofy looking, you know, they were dressed goofy, they looked goofy, uh, whatever, and the goofiest of them was Steve Smith, and I always thought, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, at the time I was a kid, I was stupid, you know, uh, he didn't do anything that impressed me in those Journey songs, you know, so I was like, ah, whatever, he's, you know, he's a drummer, he's just like, he's just a guy, you know, and goofy at that, whatever the fuck, but over the years, you know, I obviously know a lot of drummers, and they've always told me how great of a drummer he is, and how he's one of the, you know, one of the better drummers around, and I was like, really? I I never would've thought that. Well, I know that now, because that fucking drum solo that he did was amazing. I mean, one of the best drum solos I've ever seen. You know, and I've seen Rush twenty three times. You know, I this is he was he blew me away with some of the shit that he was doing. And um, and what was also great about it is, I guess you know, when you're an old band like Journey and you know and you've got you know money and to put towards your show and you know and you're filling up um stadiums like this because this stadium was full man um you can put money into your show and, and and have an added production value that some bands don't have and they had that because like they had you know cameras basically pointed at practically every drum and so, you could see everything that he was doing. And he did this one part where he had, like, the, like a, one drumstick between his fingers. And he was just holding it there. And he was uh, basically tapping it up and down on the snare with the other stick. It was, I, I just, and, and then he was, like, going between his fingers, like, with the other hand. Kind of like, I don't know, he was, like, juggling and fucking playing drums. It, it was ridiculous, man. It was fucking ridiculous, and I'm really not very easily impressed. So, if you uh, if you go see Journey and you and you know and you're jaded, and you think, oh yeah, drum solo is a good time to go take a piss or something like that, go grab a beer. Fucking wrong, man. Don't go anywhere. Stay there and watch that shit, because that shit was fucking great. And as I said. I, i'll go see journey again if they come back again i'll go see them again because it was just like 19 20 fucking hit songs not a dull moment crowding to it the whole time singing along it was pretty fucking good and it was pretty obvious to me by the time they were done that i had made a mistake in saying that Def leverage should close the show even before Def Leppard came on, I knew that they were not going to be able to do what Journey did. So, ah, yes, that's what, that's what actually ended up happening. Not that Def Leppard was bad. They were fine. They were really, really good. But right off the bat, I don't know any other way to say this. Almost all the Filipinos left. Like, (laughs) almost all the people that were there specifically for journey and arnell took off so i don't know how many people that was but in a stadium of um what maybe 30 35,000 something like that it was at least like 5,000 you know and so the the stadium was noticeably light um and def leopard man i mean you know they're like a fucking they're a team effort like in every way there's not really like the way that they do it there's not a standout guy there's not a star of the show there's not a leader of the band there's not you know anything like that whereas there pretty much was with every other band that that i saw that weekend i mean this week um they're just a unit they play as a unit and it and it's cool um I did not like the set list. They they didn't play. Uh, they only played. Bringing on the heartbreak was the only song that they played from before Pyromania. You know, I would have liked to hear. You know, Let It Go or High and Dry or, you know, songs that they made videos for. And also, you know, in the case of High and Dry, it's actually the name of an album. I kind of think that all the songs that are names of albums should probably be played. I don't know, whatever. You know, they played uh, too many songs from after Pyromania that I, you know, don't care about. There's a dog in the background. Just so you know, I'm recording this at home. So there's going to be some fucking noise. Whatever. It is what it is. Anyways, so... Yeah, man. um, If there was a dude... I mean, you know, Def Leppard is strong on guitar players man they got two really really fucking good guitar players but i mean vivian campbell in my opinion is the better guitar player of the two but it's not really his band and it's not really his story so he like visibly and audibly takes a back seat to phil Collins. And that's fine because it's Phil Collins band or at least it's more Phil Collins band than it is his band even though Phil Collins was not original guitar player either but he was there for for Pyromania and on and all the hits so basically he's the lead guitar player Uh, Vivian Campbell didn't have any kind of a spotlight solo or anything like that Um, they had some unison leads which were cool But basically, it was the Phil Collins show, and that was a trip because, like, when he first came out, he was, like, a little skinny mini, little waif-looking guy, and now he's, like, fucking bigger and buffer, and he's in really good shape for however old he is, like, fucking 55 or 60 or whatever the fuck, and he came out fucking with no shirt and, like, oiled up. So it was like, wow, it was hilarious. It was like, he was like a Baywatch at Peco Park. And, you know, and he was, you know, he was great, you know, but again, oh, and every time I see him, it also reminds me that somehow at this stage of my life, I have to get a doctor that's going to give me some fucking HGH. I have to make that happen. I have to fucking, you know, be like fucking like that or like fucking Sylvester Stallone or somebody who's just fucking killing the game at fucking 60 because I'm fucking not too far from there so man I don't want to fucking I don't want to look elderly before these dudes look elderly that's I'm just saying but anyways so um so yeah and and him too There wasn't, uh, even for Phil Collin, there wasn't, like, a really long solo, so I think, like, when you've got guitar players of that caliber, you should fucking, you know, put them on display, but, like I said, it's a team game for Def Leppard, they're not that type of a band, so they're just a unit, and they do what they do, And, and they did great, you know, I enjoyed it. I liked it, you know, um, I talked to other dudes that were there, my, my boy Richie was there, he loved it, he's not um, really, he's not like a heavy metal guy or a hard rock guy or anything, he just, he likes music, and you know, he dug it, and a lot of people dug it, but at the same time, it was a Sunday night, and by the time, uh, when they played Photograph, right after they got done playing Photograph, they, everybody just started booking for the exits, you know, and when everybody starts booking for the exits, I just... I fucking stay, because why would I want to get involved in the middle of that shit? So we stayed all the way to the end, and it was kind of fucked up, because, you know, I mean, people are just visibly piling out. It's like, I know you can see that from the stage, but you still have to be professional and act like it ain't that. Act like, you know, like, every, like you know, everybody's still there, and everybody's still, you know killing it with you and whatever and you know it's really not um i i have to you know talk about joe elliott i had seen um some video earlier of a concert that was maybe four or five years ago or whatever and i thought that joe elliott really sounded like shit and you know maybe it was just that night maybe it was um Maybe it was the fact that, you know, that you can hear everything when it's recorded more than you can hear at the concert. But at the concert, he was fine, man. He was good. Um, He had a couple of rough moments. You know, you would expect, you know, that vocal style is very demanding for an older guy. You see that, you know, uh, the dudes in ACDC can't do it every night. You know, uh, Axl Rose can't do it every night. You know, anybody who fucking sings up in that register, it's really difficult to do it every night, especially once you hit a certain age, and Joe Elliott is well beyond that age. So, basically, I think Def Leopard killed it, but Journey was fucking better. And, and, um, And Cheap Trick was cool, man. Cheap Trick was way better than I expected. I would not have cared if I had missed them. Now I'm glad that I saw them. All right, so that's the wrap-up for that show. Now we're going to move on to last night. While it's fresh in my head, we went out to the, um, to the Mattress Firm Amphitheater in Chula Vista. And I got us kind of lost on the way because I had remembered there's a new shortcut to get there. And very few people know about it. I know about it. But I got the fucking street wrong. So, if I gave you directions earlier and told you, Hey man, you know what? You can take La Media all the way now. It's fucking easy. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I meant to say, you can take Heritage. Take Heritage all the way. Because if you take La Media, you're going to get stuck. And Google Maps and iPhone and all that shit has no idea what's going on anywhere around there. That shit doesn't even show up. So either you know or you don't know, and now you know, and I didn't know, and now I know again, Heritage Road all the way, anyways, so, we got there, and we missed a band called Temperance Movement, I, I didn't care, I, you know, I'd never heard of them, you know, every once in a while, you think, fuck, man, what if I missed, like, a really, really cool band, you know, um, I went and looked at some video of them afterwards, and whatever, no big deal, it's really not my style, I'm sure they're pretty cool, but, you know, whatever, not my thing, so we got there basically just in time to uh, to get a shirt for, for my girl, Roy, my brother-in-law got a shirt, 40 bucks for a fucking t-shirt is way out of Big Frog's fucking ghetto fucking wheel box, so no shirt for me, and I don't give a fuck because they hardly ever even have my size, anyways. You know, and I'm not into fucking uh, uh, making myself look like a fucking you know fucking sausage, fucking wrapped in a 2x. So you know, if they don't got a 3x, it ain't me, and they usually don't. And I ain't trying to pay 40 bucks anyway. So fuck all that shit. So we got there, man, and uh, and we got to our seats, and and the first thing that was pretty disappointing was the crowd uh you know it wasn't huge usually f- at that venue they sell um like i said they have that the grass space in the back they call it lawn tickets and usually they sell those for 20 bucks they didn't even have those that section was closed off because i guess there wasn't that much demand for the show being that there was two headliner bands i would have thought that they, that they would have um that they would have sold more but you know what man uh, everybody who listens to this shit or to me and anything that i do knows that i love san diego i mean more than life itself practically i love san diego but i will also call the city out when it's when there's something wrong with it you know and just like i called out my my fellow charger fans for not fucking voting for that stadium to get built i also have to call out san diego concert goers and say that you know what man our crowds are they're pretty lame man they're on the lame end of the spectrum you know they don't show up they don't get into it as well as other cities that have been you know at concerts not all the time but sometimes and um and some bands call it out man some bands even from the stage they're like come on man you know give us some energy we'll give you something back you know that kind of shit and that fucking shit makes me cringe man because what the fuck is it you know we think we're too fucking good or you know we don't fucking we're too worried about how we look or i don't fucking know man but that that kind of pisses me off about san diego crowds sometimes it, it it really does. It, it pisses me off. And it would piss me off even more to hear somebody else say it. So, that's why I'm saying it. So that way, you don't gotta tell me because I told you. Anyways. So, um... So, Judas Priest starts. And they start with some shit from the new record. Which I don't really know. Um... But it sounds awesome. It's fucking metal, and actually, man, like, just right at that moment, when they came out, I was like, yes, man, a fucking metal band, a real fucking metal band, because as good as Journey was, and as good as Def Leppard was, and as good as Cheap Trick was, they're not really my fucking style of music, so, when Priest fucking came out, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know, um, the set list was good it was short it was about an hour 15 and um i think deep purple did about an hour 15 also so they were both short sets which was kind of weird but you know whatever man they're they're older and you know maybe maybe that's what they can do maybe there's noise restrictions time restrictions that i don't know about it could be anything but i would have rather them cut that opener and did an extra 15 or 20 minutes a piece that would have been nice um so, bottom line, Halford comes out. He's rocking this new like gray chin beard, which I had never seen before. And it looked a trip, you know. Halford, like I like I said on the podcast earlier, you know, he went from like super twink leather boy in the uh, in the 1982-1983 era. To now where he's like super fucking dungeon master gay dude marching around the fucking stage and shit and it's sick you know the evolution of him as a performer and as a singer and as an artist is awesome Rob Halford's fucking awesome he sounded great he's still in my opinion one of the absolute top vocalists of metal ever and still right now um, you know, between, it's between him and Bruce, who's, who's the greatest metal singer alive, I think. So, um, so yeah, man, it was great. Uh, he had his little rough moments to be expected. He also, uh, was pretty much taking choruses off. Okay. <laughs> he didn't, uh, he didn't sing like one chorus lyric. I don't think the whole fucking, the whole time. And that's cool for me. I don't give a shit. Now, if you're, if you're seeing priests for the first time, like my girl, or like Roy was, actually my brother-in-law, then they might get lost in that because they're used to hearing, you know, those words in, in that spot, and also the crowd is not that loud, so you can't really hear what they're screaming as they're supposed to be screaming along, so you kind of don't wouldn't know what the name of the song was if you didn't already know, you know, but, um, but Halford was great. Obviously Glenn Tipton wasn't there, you know, um and it's rough man because I mean, you know, obviously the most important thing is his health. He would love to be out there even more than I would love to see him out there and I know that. So, you know, it's 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 hard for me to 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 use it as a criticism that he wasn't there but he just wasn't there and he and he's my he was always been my favorite part of every Judas Priest concert that I've ever been to he's my dude in that band his solos are the are the highlight of of those songs his harmonies you know with KK and then later with Richie Faulkner also were were great highlights of the show again amazing and he wasn't there. So, obviously, when your favorite part of anything is not there, you know, you're going to miss it. You know, if there's no chocolate chips in the chocolate chip ice cream, it's just vanilla. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, man, obviously, there was something missing. The dude that filled in for him was a dude named Andy Sneap. And um, he's, uh, I guess he's more of a producer than uh actual you know top flight guitarist i know he, he used to play guitar in some metal bands also but uh, i mean he was obviously the weaker link and uh this was very much the the richie faulkner show um he killed it i mean you know for a lot of the songs a lot of the classic priest songs he was um playing both solos you know and which is pretty amazing considering that there's such different styles and whatever you know i don't think kk could have done that even at at the top of his game and i don't even think glenn could could have done that because they're just so differing styles and and he did it you know and uh and on some of the newer songs and some of the old songs also um sneep took some leads and and they were alright, man. You know, he was, you know, he's competent, you know, and uh, and his sound was decent, but, you know, it was not to the level of, of Faulkner's sound, and his playing was not to the level of Faulkner's playing. Of course, in the Judas Priest dynamic, as far as I'm concerned, there's always been one guitar player that was much better than the other one. Now it's just different and opposite and different, but again in priest there's one guitar player that's way better than the other one um, to wrap it up um priest it was a great show I'm glad I went you know you can never see Judas priest too many times uh, my brother-in-law dug it my girl dug it um, but you know to me I have to be honest in saying that it was... The least favorite of the Judas Priest shows that I've been to, you know, simply because, mostly because, uh, Glenn wasn't there. And the set list wasn't what I would have put together for sure. A little too much new, um, and not enough of certain classic songs. Um, some songs were even removed from the set list that had been played earlier in the tour. So, uh because i think tyrant was played early in the tour they played tyrant um which you know i love that song uh but you know they did play some some of the songs that i wanted to hear early in the set they played the sinner which is like my theme song from the days and uh, very you know vocally demanding and halford nailed it which you know just gave you that fucking sense that it was gonna be a great show and it was a great show you know because even in a diminished capacity even when everybody's not all there Judas Priest is still a great fucking band and it was a great fucking concert now like I had said earlier I had said before the show I said at the show I even said between acts at the show that I thought Deep Purple was going to walk fucking the crowd. I thought there was no way they were going to be able to follow the energy of Judas Priest. I thought fucking Gillen had blown his load a long time ago. You know, there's no Blackmore there, uh, which takes out all of the unpredictability that used to be trademark of of the... uh, Of the Deep Purple shows you know and so none of that shit was there and I just thought there's no way this is gonna be good as a matter of fact we even kind of planned on leaving early because my brother and I had to be at work at 530 my girl has to get up early too you know it would have just been you know traffic coming out of that place is not the best so it would have been easier for all of us to leave early and that was what we planned to do because like i said i kind of expected it to suck well i was wrong uh they started out with highway star so it so they came out you know banging and uh and the crowd was into it man and you know and i also think that maybe the uh they might have a bit of a Psychedelic type of a Following I'm not saying they're the fucking Grateful Dead or anything but I seen A lot of people there that appeared To be on some type Of psychedelics and That might have helped it out you know Uh also being that the Place is very smoke friendly that Might have also helped them out In retaining that that crowd But mostly It was them they were They they came out strong Um steve morris is the new guitar player you know he's not new anymore he's been in for who knows how long and he's he's a monster man i mean he was he was really fucking lighting it up and you know i'm a black blackmore fan to the bone you know so to me you know deeper without blackmore is like fucking eh. but they definitely picked the right dude for the job he's a he's a monster. he fills the shoes. he he does all the parts. his sound is amazing, you know, uh, at this stage of the game, he's probably capable of doing a lot more things than Blackmore is as blasphemous as that fucking sounds. um so yeah, there there was not any guitar missed. uh, of course, you know. He, he's not Blackmore, he, he's not all over the stage, he's not fucking wrecking amps and fucking throwing guitars and fucking, you know, all that crazy shit that I love, you know, that, um, you know, that a lot of the shit, a lot of the Blackmore shit that he did as when he was young, that was the kind of shit that um, that I based my style on. And, you know, that other dudes, you know, the, I mean, uh, the the Blackmore influence on Ingve is fucking obvious, whether he likes to admit it or not. To me, it's fucking right there. And, you know, so I miss that, you know, I miss the unpredictability and the um, improvising and the crazy shit. But, you know, I got to give Steve Morse credit. He, he played the shit out of that fucking uh, Ernie Ball Music Man guitar, whatever the fuck it was, weird guitar, uh, and his sound was awesome, and the band sounded awesome, like, you know, um, I guess over the years, you, you learn to fucking mix a live show, and their sound guy was great, their sound was great um roger glover on the bass i wasn't sure either who was going to be in deep purple either i had heard that that ian pace had um had some health issues and uh and so i wasn't sure that he was going to be there he was and he was awesome old ass man like you know killing it on the drums um roger glover you know, Roger Glover's bass style is, is, uh, is basic, you know, but tight, and, you know, mostly plays with a pick, and, um, but his sound was awesome, you know, the way that he, the way that he fits into the songs was great, uh, altogether, the sound of the band was great, um, they went, they waited to the end for most of the hits, they played a they played a couple of hits early, and then a lot of songs that I didn't know. And I was joking with my boy uh, Carlos Mendez, who we found there at the show, and we just ended up just sitting together in somebody else's seats. And uh, and he and I was telling him, I go, yeah, man, I wish I could fucking fast forward a little bit. That would be cool um, because, like I said, we were we were wanting to leave. Because of the early morning wake-ups that everybody had to do in the traffic and all that shit, but they were they were good enough that we ended up staying, you know, and um, and they played you know uh, some of the songs that I dig from the from the middle era, like you know Perfect Strangers and Knocking at Your Back Door, and those were highlights for me. Um, and then right towards the end. They played Smoke on the Water, and right after Smoke on the Water, we booked out, you know, um, because, uh, you know, they had it, we, we saw the set list, they were gonna do an encore, which was Hush, and I don't really care for that song, whatever, and, and, you know, it was a little bit of a, of a acquiesce, because Roy really had to get out of there, you know, he had to, he had to get up early, so, early, 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 so, uh, so we took off after that. But, you know, so we saw the whole concert because everyone saw Um And like I said, man, uh, I was wrong. Most of the people stayed. Oh, I didn't even mention in the uh, in the footsteps of John Lord, R.I.P. John Lord, one of the great keyboardists of all time, was fucking Don Airy. And all of us from the metal world we know Don Airy from being in Ozzy's band, from the Mr. Crowley riff and you know, all the other stuff that he did with Ozzy. And so, you know, it was cool, man, having him on there. He did a solo where he incorporated like little nursery rhyme and cartoon shit and kind of in with like way elaborate classical shit and then making like ray gun noises too. It was a cool, it was a cool solo. It was very, very 70s in style and you know it was obvious that he was very uh in tune with john lord's shit and played those parts perfectly so shout out to don airy also um and ian gillen fucking ian gillen man you know i'm not the biggest ian gillen fan in the world uh, but he was fine he was just fine uh i you know, I I used to say things like you know probably he shouldn't be touring no more. I was wrong. He he was fine. He was, you know, um, obviously he struggled with some of those fucking notes. Anybody would, uh, after all this time and all these years. Um, but you know, he was great. The band the band was great, and also too, it's rare for somebody like me of my age and my life experience to say that I saw some shit that I had never seen before but I did see some shit at that concert that I had never seen before number one there was an old lady there in our section I swear to god she she had to be 85 years old and she was rocking out man with Deep Purple I had never seen a person that old let alone a lady that old at a concert like that and fucking rocking out. It was amazing. It was like, go grandma, go grandma. It was fucking great. And the other thing that I saw that I had never seen before was this one dude who was fucking frying balls, it seemed to me. that He was frying balls. And of course, I've seen that at concerts before. I've done that at concerts before. But this dude was the first dude that i had ever seen that was... Frying, doing the psychedelic fucking hippie dance and capturing all of it on his phone. Looking through his phone while he's waving it around and who knows what that would look like to look at the recorded thing and then pointing the, fo- the phone at himself and catching his dozed out eyeballs. You know, man, that's going to be a great fucking video to see assuming that he didn't lose his phone in on his lsd mission um, that would be a really interesting video to look at the next day anyways all told it was a great show uh a great week of concerts for me and um uh, man what can i say uh I wish fucking Castleberry was here because it is so much harder doing this by myself. Usually with him him here, I can be like, hey, what's that guy's name again, you know? I had to make notes and shit so that I wouldn't be no dead time, but whatever. I got through it. Hopefully you heard it. And hopefully you'll catch us on the next one when our topic will be Deep Purple and that was already planned before we were supposed to do that show today now it's pushed back a week but it really takes on a whole new perspective considering the concert that i just saw my opinion of the current state of deep purple has changed and so therefore my entire perspective on deep purple has changed because they're no longer what i thought was a pretty much a dead band they're very much alive and if you if they come around man phew, shit, go check them out, if you don't got nothing better to do, and check out our podcast this week, next week, and every week, like I said, each show is now going to start with current events, news, album review, concert review segment, so it'll have a current feel to it, It'll, it'll be something that you'll be interested in, even if you're not interested in the topic of the day, and you know, what else can I say? Uh, stay with us and check it out until the next one. This is big frog for the hit the light podcast and I'm out.